The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi and he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter said in reply, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said to him in reply, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father. And so I say to you, you are Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly ordered his disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. The Gospel of the Lord. Every community, every society needs order. And while we hope that human beings are able to keep an ordered life on their own, human nature being as it is, there generally needs to be some type of governance. This is true on a national level, on a state level, on a town level, all the way down to the level of the family where parents keep a type of governance over the home. Disorder comes about when there is a break from the order of governance. We see this happening in our own streets right now in our country. The church is a community. We are the family of God. We are the mystical body of Christ on earth. So the question is, did Jesus intend for there to be governance and order in the church? Our readings today, especially the gospel, indicate that he indeed did. Just as he was the point of unity for the apostles, our Lord gave the church, the Pope, the successor of Peter, to be the point of unity, to be his visible representative here on earth. Now, most of you probably don't follow the infighting that goes on in church circles these days. At least I hope you don't follow it because much of it's very toxic. I follow some of it because I feel the need to stay tuned in a little bit to that. But for example, social media is filled with Catholics who have a very strong disdain for Pope Francis. Now, there are also defenders of Pope Francis on social media, but it's very sad to see Catholics who have a real hatred for our Holy Father. And I don't use that word lightly. Many Catholics who have disdain for Pope Francis claim that it's because they believe he's very liberal. They feel that he's destroying the church or the church's teaching. Now, just a footnote. The Catholic Church is neither 
liberal nor conservative, right? Catholicism transcends those categories. Catholicism is much bigger than liberal or conservative. Those are political categories that unfortunately some people impose upon the church, but Catholicism is so much bigger than those categories. It's not possible for Pope Francis or any pope to destroy the church or to radically alter the teaching of the church that departs from the will of Christ. Now, how can I say this? Well, let's look at our readings for today. At Sunday Mass, the Old Testament reading that we listen to always foreshadows and is fulfilled in the Gospel. It's something important for you to know. It's a good thing to get in the habit of reading the Sunday readings before you come to Mass. The Old Testament reading at Sunday is always fulfilled in the Gospel. In the Old Testament reading today, we hear about the steward of the royal palace. The steward, the master of the house, was second in authority to the king. His name was Shebna, the steward. Shebna was ambitious. He was giving himself privileges that were allotted for the king. And so the Lord prophesied through Isaiah that he will be replaced by a more virtuous man, Eliakim. The prophecy says that Eliakim will be given authority. He will be given the key to the house of David. Now, key, the keys in Scripture are a symbol of office and authority. And then the prophecy goes on. When he opens, no one shall shut. When he shuts, no one shall open. Jump ahead to the gospel. What does our Lord say to Peter? Well, he uses language that's very similar to the prophecy in Isaiah that we hear today. First, he establishes a new identity for Simon by giving him a new name, Peter, which means rock. And then Jesus tells Peter that he will build his church upon him, the rock. He gives Peter the keys to the kingdom. Keys, authority, office. And then he confirms Peter's authority. He says to him, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Very similar to what we heard in Isaiah. When he opens, no one shall shut. When he shuts, no one shall open. But what, what else does our Lord say to Peter in this gospel today? This is key, no pun intended. This is crucial. What does Jesus say to Peter? He says, The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. That promise that Jesus makes to Peter is intrinsically linked to the papacy. Jesus gave Peter to the church to lead, to sanctify, to govern. Keys are meant to be passed on. And so from St. Peter all the way to Pope Francis, there has been an unbroken line of succession. Now, have there been bad or scoundrel popes in the history of the church? Well, unfortunately, yes, that is true. There have been popes who have been immoral, who have had mistresses, children, sad but true. 
But do you know, not even those popes altered the teaching of the church. Now, from all accounts, Pope Francis is a deeply holy man who's radically embraced gospel poverty, spends hours a day in prayer, loves our Lord Jesus, our Lady, and the church. If he, if the scoundrel popes never destroyed or altered the church teaching, why in the world would we think this faithful holy man would do it? Pope Francis is under the protection of the promise of Jesus that the gates of hell will not prevail. Pope Francis is the vicar of Christ, the successor of St. Peter. He has been given the charism of infallibility, which means when it comes to faith and morals, the Holy Spirit protects this pope and all popes from teaching error. Christ knew that the church would need governance and order. He gave us the Pope and the bishops to guide the church, to govern the church. Yes, they're human. They make mistakes. Sometimes they can make grave mistakes and grave errors in judgment. We see that, we've seen that, unfortunately, with the abuse scandal. But it is not possible for Pope Francis or any Pope to destroy the church or to radically alter the teachings of the church so much so that they depart from the will of Jesus Christ. You might not like a particular pope or his style. That's fine. You don't have to like every pope. But we must love the Holy Father with a filial love. He is our spiritual father. The pope has the keys given to him by Christ. The Pope has the promise of Jesus that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church.